Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. And all right. This is Black Hole Sundays. And Joe, in totality, we've done what? Like four episodes so far? I believe this is the fourth or fifth Somewhere around there. Yeah, somewhere somewhere around there. Well, in totality for Black Hole Sundays, this is officially the 40th episode. So we're we're in a bi-week spectacular here in 2021, and we're at episode number 40 of Black Hole Sundays. And I and I gotta tell you, Joe, did not expect to be five and two at this point going into the bye week after that game against the Eagles, man. How you doing, by the way? Doing great. It's Halloween weekend, Steve. It's a Friday, it's a payday Friday. Feeling Mm -hmm. good, bud. Yeah. Once that once the paper hits, so everything else is just well. For some, I guess most of mine just went to bills, but we'll we'll still enjoy it, I guess. You just spend it all on Benny's Halloween costume, or what? Oh, I got that like a month ago. Yeah, you got to go to Spirit early, Stephen. As you know, you gotta you you gotta stock up early. When's the last time you dressed out? By the way, like Dude, like went out to go like to a Halloween store. Oh well, I went to the Spirit store twice this year. Okay, and, and um. Not cheap. No, it's not. <laughs> we were gonna buy costumes that were worth like thirty five dollars, and it was just a simple pullover. I'm like, I'm not paying. So, I'm not paying thirty five dollars for that. Too. all the stuff. It's just so cheap. Unless you're a sponsor, we love you, Spirit. Uh, <laughs> yes. But it's just. I feel Are like. They? No, they're not. <laughs> they're all not. right, I was gonna say, whoopsie. No, no, they're not. Um, it's. I feel like Halloween too. Over the years, like it's. Man, we were went to Target when we were kids, right, and stuff like that. Yeah, and now I just see these like vacant lots and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, a Spirit's probably going to be there in a couple months because that's just an empty store. And every, any empty store in a strip mall somehow turns into a Spirit Halloween. It's funny. You ever, you ever hear of the uh, comedian Sebastian Maniscalco? It's funny you said that. Mark Willard of Willard and Dibs brought that same comedian up to me this morning. He's like, hey, you guys ever seen uh, this Sebastian Maniscalco guy? Yeah, yeah he's funny. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. That was, <laughs> yeah, I've seen up. him before. I've seen him like once or twice. Yeah. He was in the Irishman. Well, the reason I bring him up is because he mentions with Ross, one of his first jokes, like when he was uh, up and coming, was how at Ross, it looks like somebody, whenever they would shop there, if they didn't like what they got, they would just crow hop and toss it across the store <laughs> and just have it go in some random, uh, random section. That's how it is with the spirit store. Just everything is all over the place, especially it's pretty at this bad. Point. We went early, I think. So like it just, it was like, cause they open like September 1st. I think usually it's like open for two months. So we went like mid September and we did it pretty early. So it wasn't too messed up, but yeah, I remember going to the one over in Emeryville and that thing, if it's like the week of Halloween, it's just thrashed. Mm. Terrible. 
But I'm doing the little Benny, little two-year-old. He's Spider-Man, so we got the Spider-Man outfit. Shows you that this morning. Nice. Me and the Miss is just doing like little shirts. Like we're doing little Avengers. I got a Captain America shirt. She's got a Spider-Man shirt. So it's like okay, it's like Halloween, Halloween popping around your neighborhood or no? It's great question because we haven't really done it with. Because last year, I mean, he was only one, so it's like, what? You're not taking it, and it's COVID last year, so it's like, eh. So I haven't done the trick or treating thing since like I trick or treated. So yeah. like, it's been a while. So we'll do like the mommy group thing, and we'll look it up and of do course. all that sort of stuff. Of course. Yeah. Thank, hopefully, just do it early because he's he's he has a bedtime, Steve. I gotta get to sleep by eight. All right, I gotta stick to the schedule. <laughs> big deal. The schedule. Sticking to the schedule is big. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, schedule's important. Routine's important. Raiders so, are stuck to the schedule, I'll tell you that. With these <laughs> last two wins, how about that for a segue? Huh? Oh, man, that's perfect. Because, look, the in this episode, I do want to – was going to just turn it into surprises and disappointments, but instead you came in with the idea of doing trick-or-treat since we're doing Halloween stuff. So I'd say – for this, uh, for I mean, not only just for this team, but also for the season in general, one trick and one treat. The MVP so far up to this bye week. We do have some updates on trade talks as well, and then I want to go uh, into the Mount Rushmore of their free agent signings. Their top four guys. There's a bunch of people on the list, but there are four who stand out. So we will get to all of that. Um, unfortunately, we didn't have the episode on Monday because of an emergency, so we are doing this one on Friday. Uh, before we get to any of this bye week stuff, any quick thoughts overall on the week seven win over the Philadelphia Eagles? That was a complete win, man. I think that was like, other than the Broncos game, mm. that was a complete from all angles. Just you got the pass rush going. The offensive line looked good. Derek was throwing dimes. You had guys stepping up. Foster Morrow, Kenyon Drake, all mm. these guys stepping up. I think that was the most complete win of the season for the Raiders thus far in a sneaky little, it's not, I shouldn't say sneaky because the Eagles, they're not very good, but they can give you problems. They do have a good defense. Darius Slay is a really good uh, defender in the secondary. They got guys in that front. Jalen hurts can make you pay. He's can run, but I thought they did a good job overall just responding to that early adversity. They got down in a quick seven, nothing hole. It's like, uh Oh, this is reminding me of the bears game a little bit. Yeah. It just looked like they were just grounding and pounding. That is exactly it, what you texted me. I did. I texted you that. I was like, this reminds me of the Bears game. I mean, inexperienced <laughs> young quarterback. They're just going to run the ball down our throats, and we're not going to do anything. Yeah. The defense made adjustments. They stepped up. Yanni Kangakwe, game of his, his Raiders career so far. He just looked awesome. He got two sacks, two passes defended. Looked awesome. Crosby getting there. Just a complete performance overall. I mean, how about Foster Moreau, Darren oh. Waller on National Tight End Day? Which oh, that's stunk, by the way. There's no Kittle, no Waller. Some of the I best know. tight ends not playing. It's stunk. I know, but I will say this: I watched the mic'd up. Uh, I watched the game day mic'd up thing that the NFL posts every week, and how excited these players get for National Tight End Day, and the fact that the teammates know it's National Tight End Day. It's 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 a pretty cool thing that they've created. They're they're really into it. It seems like it is. And you know what? I had I have Darren Waller and Mark Andrews in my ninety five seven fantasy league, and they both have a bye this week. Mm. And Darren Waller was a late scratch. Obviously, he got his he hurt his ankle. Yeah. They said it was going to be a damn kind of session, but they ended up getting uh, scratched uh, yeah. late Saturday night or early morning. I think it was. I think it was early morning. It yeah. was. I ended up going with OJ Howard. God, he stunk for the Bucks. 
Terrible yeah, move. Should have gone Foster Morrow. Should have stuck with my guns here, Steven. Didn't. Great throw and trusting in your tight end. Morrow with a fantastic catch. And, man, if Darren Waller wasn't on this team, I think you'd hear a lot more about Foster Morrow because he's he's very skilled. I mean, even before a couple of years ago, before oh, they brought in Jason Witten, before they brought in Jason Witten, he was just making touchdowns all over the place. Yeah, yeah, and he makes tough catches. That one he had the end zone. I mean, I'm trying to think of that other catch that was over the helmet where the. Oh, dude that was against the Steelers. Yeah, he had one against the Steelers. That was a big touchdown. Yep. I mean, he is a really solid backup tight end if you're going to have one, and, and he'd be a starter in a lot of teams. He'd absolutely oh, sure. be the number one tight end in a lot of teams. And and I think one thing National Tight End Day made me realize is actually there's you know fantasy wise there's not many tight ends you want to no. roll with, but as far as just good talented athletic tight ends in the league there are a lot of them even though they don't put up the fantasy stats we always judge it from fantasy but in reality there's a lot of good tight ends and i mean foster moreau's one of them man i mean six receptions for 60 yards he had the touchdown six targets he caught every single one just an outstanding game from him but you know it's the man it's Derek carr 31 of 34 323 yards two touchdowns that interception on the first possession of the game. I mean, this dude is just, I, he, he's running everything. What, how many more ways can we talk about him in that, in, in just him having this MVP type of season? Yeah, no, he's the leader. I mean, you heard Rich Passaccia say at post game. I mean, mm. this, this is the leader of our team. People are looking to Derek, like in the past, I think I saw someone tweet, maybe it was you in the past, like Gruden would take a timeout or something like that. And everyone would just like, look at Gruden and everyone would be like a little, uh oh! All right, right. Let's, let's on. We're on our toes, stuff like that. Now, Derek takes a timeout. Everyone's to Derek. All right, Derek, what are we going to do? We're looking to this guy, and Derek feeds off that. Like he yeah. is a natural leader. That's something that I mean, you can knock maybe his toughness. People were calling out early in his career, coming out of college, coming out of Fresno State. Right. Maybe he just wasn't the quickest or fastest guy. But no one questioned the intangibles. Like yeah. no one questioned his leadership. This guy has been a leader throughout his tenure. Uh, in Oakland and now Las Vegas, and it's showing up huge, man. It's showing up huge. I mean, him trusting and Foster Morrow, like we mentioned, him trusting his quarterback, like making throws like that, just being able to extend plays, calling audibles. Because it always felt like, I don't know with you, but when I would watch the game, it's like there was always a set call from Gruden, and then Derek always, almost always checked out of it, it seemed. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It always seemed like that to me. Yeah. And now it just looks like him and Olsen are in such a groove in this offense, just lighting it up. So refreshing. Just so refreshing. I was listening to this uh, podcast called Tape Heads, which is uh, really good. Twice a week, Dan Orlovsky, Scott Pioli, and okay. then this this dude, Bob Wischusen, who's like the voice of the Jets, also does some ESPN stuff. And Orlovsky was going through, and I think he breaks down tape just as well as anybody. A lot of people, he rubs people the wrong way, but in reality, backup quarterbacks, they know just as much as anybody does as far as breaking down film because that's all they did when they were playing in the league. And when Dan Orlovsky is looking at Derek Carr, he says that when he was asked about Derek Carr, you know what he says? He goes, the defense can play man. Okay, well, he's just going to use his talent around him and beat you there. Ruggs is going to get past somebody. Darren Waller's just going to match up one-on-one. Foster Moreau can do the same thing. Brian Edwards is a big receiver and can make contested catches. You play zone on him, well, all he's going to do is use his eyes to direct the safety, the corner, whoever, and then he's just going to gash you there. Like, there's nothing that any defense can do right now to stop Derek Carr. Like, that's how dominant he's been looking. Yeah, just like any quarterback, 
one thing you can do to get to him, you you have to get to him. Like that's it. Like right. you have to put pressure on him. You have to hit him. But he's always been one of the quickest release guys in the league. Like it's him, Aaron Rodgers, and that's pretty much it. Just yeah. boom, boom, out, boom, yeah. boom, out. And he's compensated that because his offensive lines are bad. Offensive line, by the way, was great last game. I mean, I didn't. I mean, Andre James, after we crushed him and deservedly so, the first four or five games of the season, yeah. he's been playing well. I mean, yeah. Leatherwood, that was definitely Leatherwood's best game of his career, I think, so just so far. I mean, uh, maybe I think Denver, but I, I'd say this is the most complete performance from all of those guys. And hopefully after this bye week, maybe get Richie Incognito back. Not holding my breath there, but, you know, <laughs> I mean, the guy's old and he has a calf injury, so maybe that could bolster it, though. It'd be a big yeah. lift. Uh, Brandon Parker, I mean, Garden, that was guy had two incomplete passes. He had mm-hmm. one of the greatest performances ever, accuracy wise. I mean, it's him, Drew Brees, and him again with uh 90% of your passes completed with thir- a minimum of 30 attempts. Derek Carr, Drew Brees, that's it. One of the historically one of the greatest games I think I've ever seen Derek play. And we all know that talent that drew Brees has played with before and just how you know how much of a train that offense was and another guy we didn't even mention here colton miller colton miller on the left side has been fantastic and according to pro football focus take with it what you will whenever they have those middle of the road grades like when they're saying they're the 32nd ranked defensive back out of 142 i'm like okay whatever but when it comes to you know the top grades they're saying right now that through week seven Colton Miller is right behind Tyron Smith of the Dallas Cowboys in his pass blocking grade. He has Colton Miller. That is has an 86.7 and Tyron Smith has an 87 flat. So 0.3 behind the number one guy in the league. It's so crazy too. Cause it all came down to a coin flip. If you remember that draft, obviously. And then it was, it was the Raiders and 49ers and they literally had to do a coin flip to see yeah. who was getting, what was it? Pick number 10 and 11 or nine and 10, oh. whatever, something like that, whatever it was. But then the Niners ended up winning that because, of course, they did. It oh. seemed like during whatever, just everything was going the Niners' way. Nothing was going the Raiders' way. And then the Niners ended up taking McGlinchey, ended up taking McGlinchey, and then we got Miller. So, I mean, the coin flip. That one. The coin flip. The co- we literally had to do a coin flip, Stephen, to see who was doing a draft pick. What are we doing? What are we doing? Flip a coin. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yes. And then that was when they traded away Mac, and they could have had a chance to get Derwin James, if I'm not mistaken, in that draft. I think that was the one. Yeah, uh, we ended up taking Colton Miller. Ended up taking Colton Miller, and you know what? It's worked out so far. Yes. And maybe as as far as the uh, uh, you know the guys who have felt the most pressure um, when it comes to Gruden being on the field, I have a feeling like Gruden was doing some of that offensive line, and then Tom Cable too. I don't know. Maybe there it, it just it's pretty clear like this offense has been playing okay this season, but it's pretty clear that the offensive line has had a total jolt ever since Gruden's been gone. And uh, speaking of pressure, Joe, I did that. I'm very happy. I could do this. I didn't know I could put a photo over this video, but if you look here and I don't know how much you're into the next gen stats, per se and some of them are pretty the amazon next gen stats yes yes yes. brought to you by aws Uh, (laughs) look look at this graph here with the raiders compared to everybody else on the defensive side of the ball when it comes to pressure the raiders yeah i'm looking at that right now the raiders are higher than every other team in terms of pressure rate they're at 38.7 percent 
which is far higher than anybody else. And when it says third highest next to that, uh, next to the percentage, that means third highest ever since next gen stats uh, has become a thing. And they've blitzed just as uh, as little as anyone else, a 15% rate, which is the lowest in the NFL. And they're getting just as much pressure on anyone in the NFL. I mean, look at that, dude. That's wild. That's just a Gus Bradley staple though, man. He's like, I don't want to blitz a lot. I'm going to let my front four do their thing. Uh-huh. And then and then when they do blitz, it's very successful. I mean, you saw the main, what, what was that? Week one against the Ravens. You saw them do that at the very end of the game. It was just a, mm-hmm. their second blitz call or third blitz call of the game. Ended up getting the game-saving fumble off Lamar. And then ended up winning the game, obviously. But Gus Bradley, man, he just does not like to pressure or bring blitzes a lot. And you're getting guys like Yannick Ngakwe, Max Crosby, Quentin Jefferson. Jefferson's been awesome. You're getting these guys just getting winning their mashups, and it's paying dividends in the secondary too, man. The secondary, like Casey Hayward, Nate Hobbs, Jonathan Abram, it's giving these guys a little bit of a cushion, and it's huge. huge. Look at look at that. Look at these teams that they're beating. The Browns, the Browns who have Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney on their team. Huge. The Chargers who have Joey Bosa and Linval Joseph up the middle. The Cardinals who have Chandler Jones and. Had J.J. Watt for a little bit until he got hurt and apparently had like four different injuries at the same time. But the Bills, the the Eagles, the Packers, the Cowboys, the Buccaneers, all of these teams. The Buccaneers, that's one surprising too because their <sighs> front four is pretty pretty gnarly. And, and I mean, the Niners. Yeah, the Niners. I mean, Nick Bosa has been a little underwhelming. Armstead. I mean, yeah. Nick Bosa is still good. I shouldn't say underwhelming, but he's coming off an injury. So it's that's – Wow. I, I'm honestly shocked. I'm honestly shocked because I know Max Crosby's in the consideration right now for a defensive player there. It's early. It's really yeah. early. I think he's good odds, though. If, if you're a gambling guy, plus 2,500, put 10 bucks there. I mean, it's not bad. Not I a mean, bad. No, right now. Absolutely. I don't know how long Trayvon Diggs can keep up this uh, keep up this interception streak that he's on right now. I think he still has seven on the season, and he's kind of the number one defensive player of the year candidate right now. Right. I mean, he's getting the turnovers, but he's still getting burned occasionally. That's right. the thing, too. Crosby, I feel like, and all due respect to secondary players, I mean, I'm trying to think of the amount of secondary players of one defensive player of the year last like, decade. I know it's Gilmore is one of them. Gilmore I mean, that, won it most recently, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's – I mean, I, everything else I feel like is – it's a D-end or a Actually, linebacker. You know we're going to do that right now. We're going to yeah. take a look. Google and, it. And as we're Googling it here, because I do have some uh, I do have some pressure stats that I want to get to you, uh, but let's look. NL or National Football League Defensive Player of the Year. And we're going down to 2020. Yeah, Aaron Donald, Stephon Gilmore. Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald, Khalil Mack, J.J. Watt, J.J. Watt, Luke Keekley, J.J. Watt, Terrell Suggs, Troy Palomalu. So you're yeah, looking so back, at, all the way back to literally is Stephon Gilmore and Palomalu. Like you're looking at two guys in the secondary that have won it. Actually, you know what? We can go back uh, to 2009. Charles Woodson before Palomalu Packers. Okay. So since 2009, in the last 12 years, only three guys in the secondary. And I don't know if Diggs going to keep that up. You know, I don't think he matches up with. Hall of Famers and Paul Amalo and Woodson uh, right now. But spe- c- continuing with the pressure, because pressures to me are the most important defensive line stat. Sacks don't always tell the story because some of them can be empty. That's why Trey Hendrickson, uh, who's on the Bengals now, originally with the Saints, had double-digit sacks because nobody was blocking him. But yeah. here, listen to these pressure numbers, dude. So this year, 
or right now, excuse me, they've been averaging 11 and a half pressures on the season. 11 and a half. Right now, they're at 81 in total. And if you take the math, take the average of that, it is 11 and a half. That means they're on pace for 197 pressures this season. And last year, the leading team in pressures were the Steelers, who were at 213. So it's not exactly up to the up up there. But in second place was the Buccaneers with 189. So you'd be in second place by a wide margin last year if you finish the season off and keep it going that way. That's just insane. It is insane. And, I mean, it's it's pretty crazy the 180 that this front four has taken from last year. I mean, granted, Ngakwe is a big signing and was a big pickup for this team. Mm-hmm. But you just saw just with last year, it's just such a drop-off. Just you couldn't get pressure. You're putting a young secondary just in harm's way every single game. You're relying on these first and second years guys to make plays and they're getting burned constantly Then their confidence is waning. And it's just such a breath of fresh air. I don't know what Gus Bradley's doing to teach coach them differently, but it's got to, I mean, they're coaching them differently somehow, whatever it is in practice is working. Keep yeah. doing it, Gus. So I don't know what it is, but it's a 180. I mean, I don't know how, I mean, it's pretty damning on Paul Gunther too. Let's be honest. It's a pretty, oh damn stat. I mean, isn't it? It's just, uh, I don't know Everything. what we can do. I mean, it was historically bad the last few years. It was it, it was the Raiders. It's actually funny, too, because the Cowboys, have, we're talking about Trevon Diggs, the Cowboys are up there, too, with yeah. just total turnaround. And by the way, is it a coincidence that they're both Seattle guys turning around these defenses? Dan Quinn over, mm-hmm. obviously, his former Seattle coordinator, and now, uh, obviously, Atlanta Falcons head coach. Now, Dallas, Gus Bradley, former Jacksonville Jaguar head coach, obviously, part of that Legion of Boom, too. So mm-hmm. maybe there's something there. I mean, I mean, they found the right. They found the right guy, and they found the right players to fit in with them. Yep. And you know how many times the uh, the opposing team has scored thirty on the Raiders so far this season? Ooh, let's see. I want you to think not about the Ravens. The Ravens did not, did they? Ah. You want me to give you the number now? No, hold on. I'm thinking. Ravens. <laughs> Ravens. No. Steelers. No. I'm going mm-hmm. – no, Chargers didn't score 30. They did not because they only let them score like seven points in the second half. No one. Zero. Zero. Look at that. Zero. <laughs> Zero through seven games. You know how many last year they gave up 37 or 30 points through the first seven games of the year? You know how many games? Every single one. Five. Jeez. Not every single one. Just five. It felt like it was every single one. God. <laughs> I know. We had not one comfortable win last year other than maybe that one against Denver, which we locked through 50 interceptions. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I mean that, that's crazy. That just shows the jump that they've made from last year to this year. And I was going to actually go back to 2019, but in the first seven games, they only gave up 30 points like twice. So yeah. I wasn't going to use that as an example. So last year, we're just going to stick with that one and seeing how much it's changed. All right. Let's go with let's okay. We've done the defense, we've done the offense, we've done the we've done that. Let's go with one trick and one treat for, sure, for this team this season. By one the way, does anyone really like you say trick or treat? Like, like what is the trick part? There's no one tricking anyone like that. It's like yeah. What used to be the origin of that? I have no idea. I'm gonna Google it right now. <laughs> I mean, what, what is it? What is it? Either you get a treat or you trick get punched or in the face. Treat origin, or maybe it's because. Maybe it's because, you know, houses would only scare the kids and they wouldn't give them a treat after, you know, like they go through it, but they're totally tricked. They're not even getting a 
they're not getting a piece of candy at the end. Yeah, I don't know. I can't find anything. This is going way too deep. I didn't know. this. Is, we're going back to medieval Europe. It's not telling me anything I need to know, so we'll leave it there. But as I digress. Oh, um, man, medieval well, times. They're like outside asking for a piece are we of doing? Are we doing our Raiders game? roster trick-or-treat right now? Okay. And yes. I want to do also do our entire NFL yes. teams too. I'd like yes. to do that. Yeah. So, um, so for the Raiders roster, treat first. I'll go get good news first. Casey Hayward's been awesome for this team. Just an absolute revelation. I mean, coming into this season, I didn't have the, like the greatest expectations. I just knew we were getting a guy. It was nice to get an actual just veteran, mm-hmm. come in, not be terrible, be okay. But he's been one of the best corners in the league and one of the best bargains, obviously, too, with just one year, six million, whatever it was. Yeah. We're going treat their trick. Ooh. I mean, it's hard to choose one. When it's hard to choose. Team. I'm going Clee Furl, though. I got to yeah. go him. He's just been a disappointment yeah. throughout his entire tenure. I don't know if it's his fault. I don't know if he ever – it's not his fault he was drafted that high. I don't know what Mayock and Gruden were thinking there. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to go Clee Furl. He's just – you yeah. never hear his name. If he's there, he's not making any plays. Yeah. Um, so I'll go Clee Furl as my trick. Casey Hayward is my treat. So – for me, I like I like that. I like the Casey Hayward. I mean, he's the number one corner according to Pro Football Focus <laughs> in all of football. I mean, what what more could you ask for? And we will get to the Mount Rushmore of free agents for the uh, for the Raiders and where we're going to put them and what positions. But for me, I'd say the one treat and there's a there's a lot that you can choose from, and I'd say my number one because it, it's between three guys. It's between Colton Miller, it's between Nate Hobbs and Jonathan Abram, and I might have to go with Jonathan Abram. Yeah, because you know, there's been so many times where a play could a, a running back could bust out a big run, and Jonathan Abram is doing exactly what he's supposed to do as a safety and making the tackle. We know that he can do that. But it seems like with Gus Bradley, along with all these other coaches, it seems like he's taken a huge step forward. He's calmed down. He's matured as a defensive back as opposed to just running around wild. And, you know, eventually he's going to be coming up to the end of his rookie contract. I don't know when I don't know what he's going to be worth. Maybe he's doing this for the money. I don't know if he's even going to be worth it. But I do think Jonathan Abram has been a big part of this defense. And, you know, with the lack of really any depth at the safety position. Cause after that you do have Trayvon Merrick, obviously their, their second round pick, but Dallin Levitt, uh, I think yeah. is his name. He stinks. I'm just, we're I, and me and you. No, are that's not. who it is. He's a, he's a special teams guy. And he's like the third. And we're not big player. fans of him anyway. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Not a, not a, you know, he wasn't great in the pandemic struck world. Uh, no. So I'd go with Jonathan Abram as my treat and my one trick. <laughs> Uh, my one trick would be can't go Gruden either. That's cheating. No, 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 no. you can't go Gruden. That, <laughs> Although that's, blessing in disguise that he's gone, so that's Maybe impossible. That <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd say my one trick. 
You know what? I'm going to put Richie Incognito in that situation. This dude okay. got signed to a big deal, and you know, like he's the only veteran that they kept around from that team, besides Colton Miller, obviously. But I mean, Richie Incognito getting that money, being like the Raiders' leader, and then just not even being able to get on the field. Same thing with last season. If we were doing this last year, it would be Trent Brown, but this year it's Richie Incognito for me. I mean, are there any other tricks that we're leaving off the list here? Because you, 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 I'm you trying to think. I mean, they've everyone's been pretty good. I was thinking, I was trying to go deep cuts, like special teams. Carlson's been good. Mm. AJ Cole's been good. You know what? I, 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 there's another one we haven't really talked about, and we haven't talked about him too much this season. Um, and maybe I'm wrong for this. Maybe Jacobs? I am. But... Is it Josh Jacobs? You're thinking? No, not Josh Jacobs. Because uh, sneakily, I don't know. Something's weird. I don't. Something's fishy not... with that. Something, something's fishy with with. He's Just always hurt. Quick digression. There was he got taken out like heading into the half. They said a chest injury and he was out. Yeah. They said Bazaccia said it was nothing serious and that he was just sore, and then he should be fine. And then Jacobs goes to Instagram or Twitter or whatever it was and was like, "I'm fine. I don't have a chest injury. It was something's been weird. I don't." Yeah. Ever since that first game against the Ravens when he was just limping off the field for what felt like after every run, including yeah. his touchdown runs, he just hasn't looked right all season. Um, but I think that the trick that I was looking for was Corey Littleton. Corey Littleton, I heard this pat like when I had Vinny Bonsignor on this podcast from the Las Vegas Review Journal, he told me that a lot was expected for Corey Littleton this season. Like he was supposed to make that jump because last year he was terrible for the contract that they gave him, whatever they were paying him, like $10.5 million a year, whatever that crazy contract. And Monsignor knows because he covered the Rams, and when Littleton was on the Rams, that was some right. of the best plays he's out of his career. So, yeah. And we were wondering, like, hey, maybe he was only good in that system behind Aaron Donald or with Wade Phillips as their defensive coordinator. And then this year, apparently he was in shape and was supposed to be much better, but right now – I mean, he's ranked 60th among all linebackers in pro football focus. He's still missing tackles. He's really not good in coverage. As a matter of fact, he's terrible in coverage. If you ever go to not good after the game, yeah. it's always Corey Littleton that we're paying attention to. So I think you could put him on that list as well. I, that that signing, he, you know, we, he had a year to maybe make up for it, and he hasn't done it so far through. He also dropped a pick last week, which would have yeah. helped. But he's a linebacker. I'm not going to be too hard on him for those. Yeah. Um, we could put Denzel Perryman and KJ Wright in the tree category. Oh, those two guys have been great. Denzel Perryman, Perryman in the league and tackle. He's been awesome. <laughs> absolutely incredible. Yeah. I mean, KJ Wright, yeah. obviously Gus Bradley guy too, coming over from Seattle, part of the mm-hmm. Legion of Boom. Man, he was, what, the last part of Legion of Boom, right? I don't think anyone else – or Bobby Wagner. That's the only one, right? Yeah. He's the only one remaining. Correct. Okay. So it was KJ Wright, yeah, he was second to last piece of Legion Boom there. So he's been awesome. Just the theme for the defense is just getting guys, man. They just got some names and some credibility where they didn't have it before. They were just so many young first and second year guys just making mistakes. And he had guys like Paul Gunther calling plays. Now you get just got some respectability in there with Gus Bradley and all these dudes. So it's just so refreshing to watch on third and long. Granted, they still drive you nuts occasionally, but not as much that, oh, third and eight, we'll actually get off the field here. Wow, what a concept. <laughs> the, hey, you know what? We could put Gus Bradley there too. Yes. That man has been a treat. Put like, him, put Rich Bisaccia, put all this coaching staff, Greg Olson, mm. all these guys have stepped up those last two games. I don't know how long this is going to last too. It could all fall apart. 
they could stink the bed against the Giants. I don't know. I'm enjoying this right now, though, Steve. They yeah. had a really tumultuous couple of weeks, and they've just been really good at blocking out the noise and playing really good football. Let I'm me, just, me, I'm very proud of this team. How about that? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like a dad saying, you know what, Benny? Good job. You got an A. I'm very proud of this team. Now, let's look at a sequence here of plays as we are done with trick-or-treats. That's our Halloween bi-week edition right there. But Real quick, team trick-or-treat. I'm going Bengals. Oh, my bad. Other than my Raiders, obviously. Hang on, hang on, hang on real quick, real quick. Before we get to the team ones, Ooh. we will keep, we will get to those ones. I do want to just – Jump with the gun. Jump I just want to focus this real quick as you, as you were mentioning the Raiders stuff. Um, but when the Eagles fumbled that ball, uh, what was it, third and goal – and Hertz fumbled it, and Brutal. the Raiders ended up recovered. Ooh. Right, brutal. And the play before that, you remember Hertz tried to do a QB sneak, and Crosby mm. did the Polamalu leap and jumped on him. Crosby, what, yeah. what, what a ball did he call it? The the Condor, the Condor leap. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that was great. Love that. So you had that, right? You had the fumble. Then following that, the Raiders went three and out on their own six, and then the Eagles gave up a touch, or then the Eagles scored a touchdown on the following drive. So you get the turnover, you don't do anything with it, and the other team scores the touchdown on you anyway, pretty much nullifying that turnover. Well, that's what it would do before. But think about how much confidence you had in that Raiders team. You didn't even care that they went three and out. Like beforehand, that would be something that decides the game. But you're up, what, what was it, 30 to 7, 30 to, yeah, 30 to 7 before they scored that touchdown. You're like, yeah, they can score a two. Who cares? They can score a touchdown. We're still up by 17. Who cares? How refreshing was it, Steve, to see fourth and goal. We're going for it, and it's not a run up the gut or mm. a dive or mm. a stretch play. It was a quick slant to Brian Edwards. Yeah. Is that much? It wasn't that hard. Yeah. Satya, Greg Olson, thank you. <laughs> not doing any of these BS. Kenyon Drake up the gut plays uh, on fourth uh, and goal, fourth and short. Yeah, and there was no pre-snap penalties in the, in these areas. It was that was huge. Mm-hmm. Leatherwood, I don't think had a penalty. Did he? I don't. I think maybe he had one, maybe, but I don't remember him getting called. I mean, I none of the offensive linemen. You didn't hear any of their names. That's just how you know you're having a great game. Like we said, Derek Carr only had two incompletions. So mm. offense did his job. It was <laughs> very refreshing to see. God. Team trick-or-treats, who you got? One team that's a trick, one team that's a treat for you this year outside of the Raiders. It's got to be the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, what Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. I mean, I wasn't buying any of that Jamar Chase skepticism in the offseason either. It's like, this guy this guy can't catch. This guy, he, he yeah. was like, please. please. Yeah. We in here, I don't, I don't want to go Iris. We in here talking about practice. Relax, people. All right. Yeah. So that's a huge plus. I mean, and Raiders got them in a couple weeks. That's going to be a tough game. I think that's That'll be a fun one. I think it's in Vegas, which will help because it's it's chilly this time of year in Cincinnati. True. Um, Derek Carr in the, in the cold still scares me, so he yeah. still has to prove me otherwise there. Mm-hmm. But I'm going them. And I'll go. I don't want to steal yours. I was going to say I'll put in the Cowboys there too. But yeah. I mean, I got a trick that you're not even going to expect. So don't worry. Or a treat, excuse me, that you're not even. Gonna oh, expect. okay. And then my my the trick the team I'm most disappointed in is Miami Dolphins. It's just, ugh, I thought they'd be a playoff team. They were a playoff fringe team last year. I mean the Raiders should have beaten them though, but mm-hmm. we'll leave that leave that alone. Shout out Arden yeah. Key. Um, but God, Brian Flores, I think he's a good coach still. But the whole Tua thing, flirting with Deshaun, now it looks like they're staying with Tua. Tua's not the guy, by the way. They made a huge mistake in not getting Justin Herbert and getting stuck with Tua, Tua Tugs. Um, 
oh god, it's just that that that's a mess down in Miami. And the fact that they were even flirting with Deshaun Watson, like that would solve all their problems, I think is a I'm glad they didn't because I think whoever touches Deshaun Watson is making a huge mistake. Mm-hmm. I would not touch that whole situation with a 10-foot pole. But uh, Miami Dolphins, I'm going with my trick. Cincinnati Bengals going treat. Fins down pretty much now. It's no longer fins up. It's fins down. Sorry, my, Tommy Hall. Sorry. My, my treat for the season, and this is a weird one, and these guys have been a treat to watch week after week after week. And you know what? Maybe not these past two. This team doesn't have any wins on the season, but the Detroit Lions have been keeping it very close this year. A lot, a lot of these games, they're making a This isn't game. your trick? The no, winless team? These are my treats, man. These, oh, hey, look, they're an over team, but they somehow managed to get it close. And the fact that Dan Campbell, it looks like these players love him. Jared Goff still stinks, but oh, God, they've been a, they have been a treat to watch this season, in my opinion. Everything that they've been doing out these past couple of weeks haven't been great. And I think they're on their way to their first win this week as a matter Ooh, of is that an upset special? Okay. I believe so. I think, and, 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 and I think they're well on their way to doing it. I really do. I think they've been going through it enough. It's this point in the year where Dan Campbell is going to stop crying at the podium. They've been an absolute treat for me. Seeing Dan Campbell, a man that size cry actually kind of got to me. I was like, oh man, this means a lot to him. Like you, yeah, this, guy's re- this guy has his emotions on his sleeves. Yeah. And God, oh, I, I got not choked up, but I was like, damn, I'm sorry, bro. Like some <laughs> of the know. losses they've had, they could easily be like three and four or two and five at least. It's yeah. like, oh, brutal. Yeah. Just brutal. Uh, and one trick, well, I, I could easily go with uh, I, I could easily go with the Kansas City Chiefs just because their offense stinks. Did you? I'm see- not. I'm not falling for this. By the You're way, not the for it? Pipe, just, uh, hang on, no, hang on, hang on, hang on. No. All right, but my one trick, my one team that's tricked me, and I don't know, I didn't, I didn't expect much from them, but I did think they'd be looking at least a little better, and I'm really frustrated in the way that they've handled everything with the quarterback. But it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. I know they're three and three on the year, but overall, I think they've just been a very a disappointing team, and they're not going to do anything within the uh, within the AFC North. I don't, I don't trust them. So the Steelers Speaking for me, of divisions that are stacked, Stephen. Not to cut you off, the yeah. AFC North. Good lord, Ravens, yeah. Browns, Bengals leading that division. By the way, and then you got the Steelers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And we're going to see the Steelers and the Brown this week, Browns this weekend, and I think the Browns have a very real chance of, of winning that game. Baker's going to play, it sounds like, too, yeah. Yeah, and so, I don't know how, yeah. uh, but, but I mean, it's like Najee Harris and Chase Claypool. Those guys are fantastic. The offensive line has been terrible, but it's just you got these pieces, and it feels like you're wasting them away just because you're still stuck on the quarterback. And you know what? I can't speak for uh, – management there for their front office. I, I I don't know what it's like having a quarterback that's done as much as Ben Roethlisberger's done for the organization since 2004. He's I don't done. know. It's, He's it, yeah, but imagine how hard it is to cut bait with a guy like that if you're part of the organization. I mean, you haven't really won anything. Like, I know, but like, still, this dude's meant a lot to it. It's, <sighs> it's really there, – there becomes the, the human element to this is really hard to deal and with. And that's why guys like Bill Walsh were so good because it's always better to cut a person a year too soon than a year too late. And in Ben <laughs> Roethlisberger's case, it's been about five years too late. Wow. Not good. Wow. Not good. So those are our tricks and treats for this point in the season. Want to move on though. Look, I, I don't know. I, 
I threw this in the notes and I was just going to throw it out as a topic, but I mean, is it, is, is your MVP just Derek Carr and the rest of the team is just kind of, are we going like league MVP or our team MVP team MVP? We're going with the Raiders here. Okay. And we're not doing like the little cop me out, like Rich Bisaccia and just can't put the coaches there. He's been, he's been, I'll put him in a separate category. He's been leading the team separately. How how about this? We'll do an MVP other than Derek Carr. Cause I feel like Derek Carr is the obvious answer here. Um, who would outside of Derek Carr, who would be your MVP for the team this season? Oh, great question. I am gonna go with you hear that? I do, that was good. Great. Hunter Renfro. How about that? Hunter Renfro? Look at that. Sneaky. There every single game. He's catching at least five passes every single game. He's mm-hmm. always there making the clutch play. Even in losses, he's tackling people who are trying to do fake punts. I'm going Hunter Renfro, Mr. Consistent. Darren Waller, up and down. Henry Ruggs, up and down. Brian Edwards, up and down. More down than up. Yeah, but he may have a touchdown. Edwards does something at least every game. I was like, he gets a touchdown or he gets a 50-yard pass or whatever. Just yeah, can't get mad at the guy. So I'm going Mr. Consistent, Hunter Renfro. Wow. Wow. Well, I mean, Maybe I like because he reminds me of myself. That's why I like him so much. A little five ten, five eleven, buck, buck eighty five, buck ninety. <laughs> Toned. Look at these. Look at these guns. These are my Hunter Renfro guns right there. Yep. Oh, good lord. There we go. Yeah. Those are not Hunter Renfro guns. You need to take a picture of yourself holding like some Brussels sprouts. See if that that that's real strength. Uh, but my one guy, and it, this is an obvious answer, and we talked about him all so much, but. It's Max Crosby. The dude's been an absolute stud, and I think he's helped create an identity with this team. And they've talked so much about um, mental health, and rightfully so with this year, just because of how everything's gone with John Gruden. And Max Crosby's been through it before, and I think that he's one of the leading voices in that locker room, even though he's, what, 25 years old? I mean, he's younger than both of us, and apparently he's been through a lot as as far as alcoholic problems and – and all that stuff. So him and Darren Waller both have been voices for the team in that aspect, and and just everything that he's done on the defensive line. That pressure rate we we talked that pressure rate we talked about throughout the entirety of this podcast. Max Crosby's leading the charge there. I got to go with him. He's been so good this season. I like such that. A fun watch. I like that. And you know what's great? And you mentioned his age. Just how many young guys are on this team mixed with some veterans? Like yeah, Max Crosby, young. Mm-hmm. Even Darren Waller is—he's not even thirty yet, is he? Darren Waller's like no. twenty-eight, twenty-nine. Yeah. I mean, Derek's—is Derek Carr the oldest person on this team? Him and no. him, the oldest KJ person Wright? on the team has to be Hayward, right? Casey Hayward. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Casey, I'm looking up ages right now. I was just thinking about this. I was like, maybe Quentin Jefferson. Quentin Jefferson could be up there. Yeah, that's one. Casey Hayward's thirty-two. Just turned thirty-two. Let's see. KJ Wright. KJ Wright is. I don't care about any of this stuff. Just give me his Wikipedia page for Christ's oh, sake. Oh boy. Anyways, are you not looking up younger team? Wait, are you searching up names separately? You know, you could just look up the ages, right? I found it. Thirty-two. So yeah, okay, same age. So KG Ryan and Casey Hayward. Okay. And yeah. then da- Damian Square, thirty-two. And uh, we're not counting guys that haven't played like Richie Incognito. So why is Desmond Trufant on the roster on the Raiders page? Quentin Jefferson's only twenty-eight. God, he's young. Wow, really? <laughs> yeah. Feels like he's been in the league for 30 I years. I know. Well, I always think of uh, that uh, 
the altercation he got with the fan when he was in Seattle. You remember that? Yes, I do. Yeah, that's what I always think of with Quentin Jefferson. Man, Quitkowski, <laughs> Carl Nassib, Denzel Perriman, and Jalen Richard. They're all 28 along with Quentin Jefferson. They're all bro. They're they're good. They're all they're all in their primes. It's crazy, dude. Oh man. Think about that. Denzel Perryman is 28 and leading the NFL in tackles. Me and you were I felt like Denzel. Yeah, we're not doing we're doing this. We're leading the radio station in drops. <laughs> like that's it. Technical producers, baby. Let's go. That's us. <laughs> What are you doing this week, Steve, for uh, Halloween, man? Oh, boy. Going to the Sharks. Going to the Sharks game tomorrow. Oh, what? Dude, they're good this year, Sharkies. They're all right. They're, they're... They start off 4-0. They've, they've had a little skid. It's all right. It's early. Yeah, they're they're on their way back down. There's a, the regression to the mean mm. that's always Is Vander Kane, is he still suspended? He is. He's gone for 21 games because of a fake Vax card, Yikes. allegedly. Yikes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does not need to be on the he's team. Not a, he's, he's on, as Dibs would say, not good human being more. That's the Mounties, yeah. He's, I'd put him there. Speaking of which, all right, let's do this real quick here as I just tried to come up with as many bi-week topics as possible, and you know what? We are going to do it. Mount Rushmore. We all know Mount Rushmore, and we all know that there's, what, George Washington in the number one spot. Who's the other guy? Thomas Jefferson in the number two, Theodore Roosevelt number three, and Abraham Lincoln in the number four. I took four free agents that they signed earlier this year in the offseason – and the four are Yannick Ngakwe, Kenyon Drake, Casey Hayward, and then Solomon Thomas. We haven't even talked about Solomon Thomas yet as one of our treat options. But if you had to put these guys in the Mount Rushmore position, George Washington being number one, Thomas Jefferson being number two, Roosevelt three, and Lincoln four. I mean, is is Ngakwe the just the or excuse me, is Casey Hayward the number one? Is that just it? Is Casey Hayward in the George Washington position? If we had to go with Mount offseason free agent signing more, yes, because I'm putting Casey Hayward there there because the secondary just had been so bad. Mm. It's just been. I mean, we've had Max Crosby thankfully these last couple of years who's shown out and he's made some flashes. But there's been no one in the secondary other than maybe the occasional Trayvon Mullen play. Yeah. Just, I'm I'm putting Casey Hayward there because it's just we haven't had a corner this good, dare I say, since Namdi Namdi Osmoa. Like that's the last time we had a legit shutdown corner. Mm-hmm. So I'm putting Casey Hayward there. But I will put Yanni Kangakwe in that second position, yes. Yeah, the Thomas Jefferson position. There you go. I'm never good at who, who's up there. They're what about Kenyon Drake versus Solomon Thomas? Because I agree with you. I, I think those two should be in the first two right there. I do agree that Hayward should be in the Washington and, and Jefferson should be in the uh, – or excuse me, and uh, Gakwe should be in the Jefferson. But the Roosevelt one, this is where it gets interesting. Because Kenyon Drake might have seen like a disappointment at first, but – these past couple of games, he's kind of been helping carry the load here. I'm going Kenyon Drake third and Solomon Thomas four. Not Solomon Thomas has been great. He's been solid. Yeah. Uh, I think he's cleaned up a lot of the mess caused by Ngakwe and Crosby and Jefferson. He's been there occasionally. To, he's had some plays. I mean, he hurried uh, Jalen Hurts a couple times last week. He looked good. Yeah. Um, but I'm still going Kenyon Drake because he does have a lot more snaps, is a lot more involved in the offense. Yeah. And he's had some big games these last two. I mean, he's been yeah. huge. I mean, yeah. especially Jacob's out. It's been big. Yeah. Yeah. I, might... <sighs> I like I Solomon think... Thomas, though. He's a great story. One of the best stories of the year, I think. 
I wish I could argue with you, but I just can't. I think Kenyon Drake's just been just as valuable. And Solomon Thomas right now is a 32 run defense grade, according to Pro Football Focus, which if is I that think that, bad? that's terrible. Yeah, that's awful. It's really where his pass rushing has been most effective. Batting down balls, hurrying after uh, the quarterback, getting pressures, doing all. No one can play run defense, by the way, other than Jonathan Hankins on this team. This is very true. (laughs) This is very true. So, yeah, I guess I'd have to go with you. Eh, Yeah, whatever. Botch segment. Thought it would be a little more argumentative, but not really. It seems like. <laughs> feel, it feels well, like you can try to argue. Right. I can take the opposite side. Kenyon Drake stinks. Solomon <laughs> Thomas is better. Oh, man. Speaking, Speaking of, of which, guys, though, uh, the yeah. run defense, Raiders should be in the market for a guy like Fletcher Cox. You think so? I'm just saying. Just saying. You think he's worth a draft pick? I'd shell a fifth rounder for him. Really? Why not? I mean, just knowing how valuable some of What's these this, players I, I are in the draft. Right yeah, I mean, exactly. This was a fifth rounder, right? Yeah. yeah. I guess that'd probably be worth it. That I mean, that's exciting. That's something we should act. Or we're going to do next week. Um, He's only thirty. The, let's see what his current contract contract. Hey, before is. the trade deadline, the trade deadline's coming up on the second. We'll have a trade deadline preview show. Ooh. The entire, yeah, maybe guys we want. I, I, I like think that. that the Raiders are uh, on the radar of a lot of teams, and they're they're going to be buyers this season. Well, no who doesn't want to come to Vegas, Steve? That is a destination. Mm-hmm. One other guy, you know what, before we even close this thing out, and maybe you talk about Fletcher Cox, one other guy that's been involved in trade talks too is Cleland Furl. And <laughs> him being the fourth overall pick, total disappointment. No one expected that. And everyone was blaming Mike Mayock. But the fact that he is... I'd like to think that these GMs can be super stubborn with their guys. And with a guy like Furl, I feel like Mayock would want to give it just one more year until his rookie contract is up, unless he truly believed in the guy. I had a feeling that Furl's more of a Gruden guy, if I had to guess. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, it's just hard for me to believe Mike Mayock drafting guys based on character. I mean, he was a draft guru for so long on NFL Network. He understands value. I just, it's really hard for me to believe that that was the guy all along. Like, I know you say that to try to save face. I'm not, I'm not buying it. The fact that he's he's even involved in trade talks right now tells me that I think that was Gruden's guy. That's really what it tells me. Yeah. Uh, By the way, Fletcher Cox's contract, he signed a six year uh extension not a six-year a four-year extension beg your pardon um he is due he has a cap of 26 million next year and then after that it's pretty reasonable 7.8 4.1 2.7 so damn i think the cap hit huh it's it's a big cap hit but he's a good player he's only 30 i mean yeah you'd have your defense set right i mean him and gawkway and max crosby that's that dude, pretty that, damn good front. That dude pretty is damn good front. He's going to be a top name. That, yeah. that's for sure I don't think they have the cap flexibility, unfortunately, for that. Um, yeah. I mean, you do have to pay these other guys. You can try to restructure it, maybe. Um, but yeah, I mean, just ask the Rams. The cap's actually a myth. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, Spadone, the Raiders are five and two. 
This is a fun bye week show. We'll have a couple of more shows next week, and then we'll do more of a trade preview next Monday, and then uh, hopefully we'll get our special guest who unfortunately couldn't join us today. But this is the longest episode that we've had yet, Spadone. How do you feel about it? I feel great, Steve. I think I'm in trouble right now, though, because I went too long. I got a text from the missus. You uh, want to leave late so because they're having a little daycare Christmas party, or not Christmas, Halloween party. Um, and they're like, oh, you want to go where the parents are allowed in the last 30 minutes or an hour or whatever. It's like, you know, it's like, uh oh, but then I just got a text. <laughs> I hope she's not listening to the podcast. I lied and said, oh yeah, I left early. Traffic is a killer right now. Actually it is. It says it's taking, taking 45 minutes to get out of the city. So that's not great. Drove in, uh, Fridays is usually not too terrible leaving Steve, but it's telling me it's gonna take 45 minutes to get to Oakland. Yikes. Uh, but then she just texts me. It's okay. I'm tired. I'm just going to rest. I'm like, oh. <laughs> on that note, we got. And on that note, we got to end the podcast before you sleep outside tonight. Yeah. All right. For me, for Joe Spadoni, this is Black Hole Sunday. Happy Thanks Halloween, everybody. everyone! Happy Halloween. Have a great weekend. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.